G'day punters, welcome to uh, the deep dive for 2021. We're just starting off a little bit low-key. We'll go around the grounds, we'll talk a little bit about everything. But we'll start off with Sydney, and that, of course, means Mark Roden and Rob Scurry to guide us through what happened at Rose Hill on the weekend. Rob, I'll start with you. What was the general tenor of the day on course? Well, it was 17 miles of rain over the week, and we've got nearly a heavy track. So that, that always upsets me a little bit. Um, just the building work just starts as we um, record. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a bit of a worry. And it was muggy, so you got horses sweating up, which makes it even tougher. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I had a reasonable kind of day. Um, could have, you know, can always do better in this game, can't you? But, um, yeah, look, it was good to see the two-year-olds. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Good to see some great horses back, you know, some, some quality horses being been this sort of, you know, B-grade Saturday stuff for ages. So, you know, it's good to see the good ones come back. Yeah, autumn isn't too far away. We're obviously getting to that stage where it's obviously crucial to be taking in every aspect of the form. That includes the mounting yard. Mark, how many times can we talk about Sydney getting bugger or rain and it ending up being a heavy track? I mean, there was, what, 50-something mils of rain in Melbourne and they're racing on a soft five, borderline good four for most of the day. So it's just business as usual in New South Wales, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I didn't think the track... I thought the, the track raced really fairly. It was... Um, I mean, a few leaders won, but it was totally... Um, there were only a couple of races where there was any speed on, so it wasn't surprising in, in those races the backmarkers didn't really have an impact. But you saw in a couple of races, um, like um, Betty Arn's race, the Great House one, and then the race, the Brutality one, when the leaders have run along... Well, Brutality came from last, and Great House came from well back, and three or four leaders have won as well. It, it was probably wetter than it should have been, given the uh, stats rain-wise and irrigation-wise, but um, as a surface and a, and a surface to bet on, I think it was fine. It's, it's interesting to me, like the, the Sydney racing, I reckon Brutality and Shake came out of the same Warwick Barn meeting where they both won. They, they did, and then they came out of the same Saturday meeting as well, and have both ran pretty good figures as well that day too. Is that a common thing where they can progress right through like that? Uh, well, you know, you get a lot of 78s uh, in town on Saturdays. And it's, you know, the same money, 125000 So they're, they're only, I mean, the, the most common race on a Wednesday is a 72. And the lowest um, benchmark on a Saturday is 78. So it's not a huge leap. And usually getting weight relief. And if, and the thing about those two horses you mentioned, who've run a broke farm, and, you, and the figures bear this out, they can accelerate. So when they go up in class and drop in weight, they're right in the race. Yep. And um, now they've both won. Um, they were both unsuited at the meeting two weeks ago, but ran on really well, and they got in more suitable races on Saturday. Shake was up in trip, and they won. So fair track, but a heavy sort of track. Yeah. And what, you, do you, what do you do with the form out of this meeting? Well, there's a few leaders that have won by big spaces that have been really, really flattered and totally, um, you know, PR'd, as they say these days. Um, the Canasta race was farcical. Um, they hadn't gone any gallop, and Jay McDonald was sitting third, about four lengths off the leader, sort of blocking anything that wanted to take closer order. You know, if they were either had to trail him or um, have the possibility of him kicking up inside them and spearing them right off the track. So they were those backmarkers, it was the second half of the field horses, were out of play uh, at the halfway mark in that race. Sabatiano, same deal. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, we're going to look at races two, three, four, seven, and nine. We'll start with 
race two, which is a group three for the two-year-old fillies. Mallory's broken benchmark on the overall ratings off what was an even tempo. Uh, I guess probably the question here is how does it stack up on type? Uh, we've got a line through both it and Enthar, obviously. Uh, Enthar has recorded a figure that was uh, three lengths superior at Caulfield on Saturday. Rob, just give us uh, an overview of what you think of both those horses as types. Uh, well, I think we talked about it on the preview a little bit, um, Mallory. Uh, she she was the first horse I marked off in the Breeders against Enthar, who I, who I thought was you know a bit of a giant filly. I'm interested to hear what you've got to say about her, if she's grown a bit in the, in the months uh, since. But um, Ma- Mallory paraded a lot better um, than, than it did that day because, yeah, that day I, I couldn't have it at all. First horse I, I dismissed as chance and it ran very well. So I was very keen to see it. Um, it still got a little bit hot, but like not as hot as the, the second horse here, Total Bay, which got really, really sweaty, um, which in this case was the first horse I just c- couldn't have. So, so that made me keen to bet in the race when, when the, the second or, you know, one of the one of the equal sort of favourites I just, just can't have. Um, but yeah, it looked decent to, to good type. Um, and I thought it showed a bit of... Um, grit and tenacity to, to actually get up and win. It was it was in a little pocket, and you know, I guess it's, it's sort of Jay Collard's, you know, MO, you know, scraping paint and pushing him through, and that's that's kind of, I do feel kind of good when he's on. He seems to be a bit of a lucky jockey for me, Collard. Um, and, yeah, Vianello's a little, little wet type, um, you know, so I, I don't think that, that'll that improve that much on, onto a drier surface. Um, but, yeah, mostly interested to see what um, Total Bay looks like, and, and I think Mallory can you know, um, proceed to, you know, bigger and better things. Which was the best horse you saw on Saturday? Oh, it's got to be in the expressway. Um, Colding is probably the best type. Um, you know, and Sabatiano is a, is a big, powerful thing. It doesn't look like a wet tracker. That, that, that always stuffs me up. You know, it puts, puts on type. You know, you've got these on type. Well, we know sometimes big, strong horses can get plow through the wet like Hayless did in the all-aged. And sometimes you just want little, little skinny, athletic, little fit things, which is not usually my go. I prefer the stronger types. But yeah, look, I, I'd, I'd say Colding um, was, was the best type I saw there. Mark, on this race with the uh, two-year-olds, obviously Mallory's figure is on the punting form data. It's 1.2 lengths inferior to what Enter recorded on debut. Uh, are we looking at anything here that could potentially figure later in, in the autumn? Oh, only the winner. Um, yeah, she was a clear standout performance in the race. Um, uh, t- uh, the betting was bizarre. I mean, Mallory's SP, what? 5.30. On, yeah, after being, you know, close to $3 most of the day. Um, yeah, that was a... I mean, I, th- I think they... I think the market thought that there was mad leaders after the thing had won the highway by four. Big odds leading all the way, 50 to 1 or something. And Mallory was maybe the most likely of the three in the market to get back. Um, maybe that was the thing. I don't know. But uh, I think, yeah, she's... I mean, she's got to be a level off Enthar on what we've seen so far. But most of them are, to be honest. Um, the, the things... I was just looking at the slipper market this morning. The things nearest her in the betting are things like Remark, Profiteer and Shakiro, whose figures are nowhere near hers on what we've seen so far. Um, of course, they're two-year-olds, and that can improve very quickly. I'm not discounting those horses, but just on what we've seen, they're a long way off her. The, the, the things that are closer to her on figures are horses like Acrobat, who won the English race, and Rob's horse that he found the other week stay inside, and they're, they're around the $17, $21 mark. Um, I think they're much much um, bigger threats to Enthar on what we've seen so far than some of the uh, other ones further up. And I think Mallory's... 
Yeah, she's she's a level off Enthar, but you know she's a promising debut behind Enthar. She's obviously come back very well. She has a platform. She's twenty six dollars, which seems about right to me at the moment, but um, that doesn't mean she can't improve and put herself in. Well, I think the biggest the biggest box tick for Enthar is a racing pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Versus all these two year olds, like she looks like the best horse for a fair way already. Yeah. She's, but she's not going to need anything to go her way with a barrier or, or a track condition. She's like pretty bomb proof. That, that that's the biggest edge she's got. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see her on a really the race is seven weeks away. I wouldn't like to see her on a really wet track and uh, I'd, I'd be against her on type you know something proved me wrong but i'd still be laying her what about the thing in the in the china horse club colors that that mark likes i, f- I forget i forget the name but it won at its first start um anyway that's annoying that's annoying if i can't remember the name <laughs> sorry guys but there's a big that's, that's good that's good youtube that yeah yeah you're about that horse that i don't know its name um Anyway, anyway, people, someone will be screaming it at me. It, it, it ran in the China Horse Club, then it ran it at Rose Hill. It, it ran third. Captivant, the yeah, Captivant. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think that that's one of the better types in some kind of chance. Um, and we've got to have a look at the um, uh, Coolmore Horse again that, that won the sales race. That, that's what we saw. Oh, Acrobat. Yeah, yeah. Run, run a good figure. Oh, the English races are usually. Dreadful, um, but that, that form might be stronger than Magic Million form this year. Okay, well, let's uh, kick on to the Colts and Geldings because we won't really probably have to spend too much time here. Uh, Zethus didn't break benchmark off an even tempo. Uh, we'll just show the last couple of hundred metres now. Rachel King was pretty strong on the horse late to get it over top of Home Affairs. Uh, Rob, just run us through uh, what you thought on type out of the yard there. Uh, I had um, Home Affairs clearly on top. Um, I thought it was one of the, the better two. I, I liked it more than the Friedman thing I saw the other week that won for me. Um, this this one looked like uh, you know a proper you know stallion prospect, um, ready to go like forward for Waller. Um, and I thought I thought it would win. I think it might have even hit a dollar oh one. Oh, this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Peter and I should um, take a small level of responsibility for this. We'll we'll perch there and the crossfield members. And said, "Oh fuck, the boys are both on this. This would be good. This would be really good for morale. Just a bit of momentum early in the card." Yeah. Then we look, then we look. Oh, we got no idea. Then we look at the price. Fuck, pretty short. Gutsy. All right, right. hundred out. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. Well, yeah. Look, I, I kind of liked that the the winner as well, Zethus. But he he looked more of he's a he's a big strong bugger, and it's a bit <laughs> bit short of a run. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe this softer track is not, not his day and he'll, he'll improve. And so, yeah, to see him, you know, beat us. And I think it was about four across the track within, with, within, a, within a header or a neck of each other. So it's, it's you know, bunch finished. Um, but uh, look, I, I think that the, the second horse will improve on this. And, um, you know, but, I guess so there, is, get... there is still scope for improvement from a mounting out point of view for you. Yeah. And look, I've, I've got a kind of thing in my head where horses just can't... It might be Richie Callender. He, he put it in my head oh, years ago. He said, you know, two-year-olds can really improve from first to second start. And I think there's been a fair bit of truth in that. Mark, is there enough improvement in Zethus or Home Affairs to even challenge Mallory, let alone an enter? I'd be very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
what I think surprised me, I was very surprised Home Affairs got beaten after it strolled to the front at the 300. But <laughs> that's the way it goes. And it's even more flat when you look at the data and I know. there's no excuse. <laughs> it was just wait. It, 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 someone's told it at about the 150 that I was on it and it's just <laughs> tried to find a way to get beaten and succeeded right on the post. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, because that, to be, now that you said that, I reckon we might have roared this home at the 400, and then about the 200, I said, this can come up. Yes. Repeat? Yeah. Well, it, it was going to be... But then you weren't sure if something was going to be able to get there. Yeah. It was, so... <laughs> was going to be four at the turn, and then it was just floating at the 200, but I thought, ah, oh, nothing's really coming. And you, you're right, you look at the data, nothing was really coming at the rate of knots. They just mm. stopped. Um, the, yeah, but the figures tell us that the slipper winner was not in this race. Yeah, so on the all-average punting form like data, if you're watching or listening at home, the, the Phillies race has gone what, one length below average, one length slow versus the all-average, whereas the boys have gone 2.7, and then the, the girls have come up two and a half lengths faster again. So it's massive advantage to Phillies out of these two races. Yeah. Okay, let's look at race four. It's a benchmark 78 over 2,000. Great houses performed off a very fast tempo. Uh, we're talking eight and a half lengths fast for the class. Uh, in terms of the overall figure, it's not anything to write home about, but uh, it certainly was visually impressive. Uh, Rob, just great house, second start in Australia. What do you think? Uh, you know, nice athletic walker. Got got really hot and sweaty, like you know, which is very rare for a, for a Chris Waller horse. But um, yeah, it, it was, you know, almost lather. Um, but in, in saying that, I guess it's it's probably not used to this, the humidity. It was really kind of sticky, sticky day with with um you know evaporation coming up uh, you know, everywhere. So um yeah, that, that put me off it. Um, it's got out to you know on the win. It's it's it's, it's um it's got out late. Three seventeen is um you know seems like a very good price against these walkers. Unbelievable! If you saw us race in Melbourne, we all would have been on, and we all would have won, and I would have won for the day in, in Melbourne. I think it's a huge effort, this horse. The second ever start, it's gone 1,600, like second ever odd start, 1,600 to 2,000, and they've gone fucking quick. Yeah. And he's, he, if, they, if this race went for another 400 metres, he would have won by 35 lengths. Yeah, I agree. Cause, I mean, Vadiana's gone stupid in front again. I mean, he miscounted the laps or something. He's just gone way, way, way too hard. But that's busted up every horse in the race except the winner. It was his second Australian start, fourth career start. I only had two starts overseas. Yeah. Very inexperienced uh, horse. Um, yeah, okay, the last section is diabolical, but you can't run good late, late sections when you go out that fast. None of them can. And it's the, the, it's stepping up 400 metres second yeah. start. Like, well, that's what it wants. But, um, to cop the To do that and cop the... Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, to step up the 400 with then the, the suicidal tempo. Yeah, yeah. It, it wants to step up the 400 and just, like, get through its work and come home nice. Yeah. What do we do with it next start, though? Because they went slow for the class to the, to the six at Flemington first up behind yeah. Fine Dry, who somehow didn't back up that form. Went okay, but that was a funny run race at Flemington. Um, the interesting thing is, if he, I mean, he's on the punning form data. His overall benchmark figures are, you know, pretty good uh, in both cases, but he's had to he's had to run it all in the. Um, the first half of the race on Saturday, and Flemington did it all in the second half of the race. So he's he's not necessarily one-dimensional. Yep. Um, okay, look, you can point to the data and say this has been absolutely put on for him on Saturday because of what the leader did. 
but he still had to go at a good clip to be anywhere near in touch uh, in that first half of the race. So when a race is more sensibly run, so to speak, he, he could be up handy over 2,000, And he's gone from a good track to a soft track, to a soft, heavy oh, track. Yeah. Ticked a few boxes this horse. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, the, there were plenty of horses back in the field on Saturday that were as suited by this, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. this hot tempo, and he's the only one that's done anything. If anything, there was one or two, which you'd know better who they were, but he kind of like gave them the suck up. If you're good enough, I'm yeah, going yeah. now. Come with me. And he just said, fuck off, see, I'm done. That was, um, well, Harpo Marx was one of them, which I was on. And I thought Harpo Marx was going to be going right with him, and he just left him. And which, again, my... Harpo Marx is one of those sort of midweek, might have even been a while first up, wasn't it? Dollar yeah. sixty job? Yeah, and then it came to town at Warwick Farm that same Warwick day. Farm. I think it yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll jump to race seven, which was the Group 2 Expressway over 1,200. And look, Savaziano was blessed off a slow tempo. In fact, Huey's won the Turtle Award or the Valium Award, if we're still doing that. Six lengths slow to the 600, but it's still... Dragon pretty Award. Let's call it the Dragon Award. The, the Dragon Award? Yeah, chasing the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Slow no horse, uh, but overall, it's produced on the punting form data the strongest figure of the day. So Savatiano's just had a great time out in front and exploded off that tempo. Uh, Rob, small field. Did you get a, a read on any of them that you thought were uh, in for a decent prep? Uh, so, so some old, old mates here. Um, the only thing I, d I didn't think could win was Mizzy. Um, she did. She she didn't parade well. The rest the rest all paraded. You know, with good condition, relaxed. My girlfriend Emeralds even stood out, but in my back of my mind, I'm going, "Oh, she didn't perform first up on a on a on a wet track when I was on her in a benchmark something race." She's um, one of your sort of mistresses. Oh, yeah, we we know that. It's it's got my, nightmares for Roden, but um, hmm. it's you know he was on that that good grey filly, graceful glamour that she beat that day, which looked home. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I do love Emeralds, but. You know, in my mind, I've got her as a wet track, which which is you know she seemed to have handled it, or maybe it just wasn't that wet. I think a, a, a wet Kenzo is is um, a, something maybe different to, to this uh, seven or eight at Rose Hill. Um, Savitiano looks looks strong. She doesn't look like a wetty, but she's got wet track form, so you know that was no excuses. I just this stage of the day, I, I didn't want to dive into to you know even money. But after 50 meters, it seemed this race was just about over. Um, the, the Waller horses look fantastic. Flit, you know, she's a prototype wet tracker. Maybe she's a disappointing, but can we really get that, um, be that harsh on these horses for, for not closing in on a, you know, a good wet tracker, perfectly suited, runs well fresh every start. And to, to my eye, just quickly reading the data, they, they've just all sort of like literally flown home. Mm. All yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, when Savitiano is going that slow for this type mm. of horse, this class of horse, for them to be, there is no. Okay, they've all been, they've all got a speed map, and they've said either Sabatiano or Mizzy's going to lead, and the other four are going, we're going to follow them around. Now, Sabatiano's gone to the front in a walk. Mizzy has sat two lengths off it, and the rest of all sat two lengths off Mizzy. So they might as well have pulled their horses out of the race, you know, in yeah. the contest after 100 metres, because they were taking no part in it. Um, Emeralds has been sensational. Star of the Sea has been okay. Um, Colding, okay, you know, can't knock him, especially at 1,200. Uh, Flitz might be cast. Uh, she was actually closer than those other, um, well, than Emeralds and Star of the Sea, and they'd run past her on a soft track. She's yeah. got a good fresh record. That was very, very disappointing. As a, form, as a form reference, Mark, do you find 
is this race going to be strong because they've it's just like a really good barrier trial for most of these, or is it too slow? Concern next start. Uh, I don't. I mean, it's a it was a farcically run race, but I don't think that necessarily gets rid of it as a form reference. Um, they have come home. I mean, they're entitled to, but they've come home very quick. Um, and you know, the couple of those that are unsuited, you certainly can't take anything away from them. Emerald Star of the Seas holding at the unsuitable trip. And Sabatiano's got a great racing style. I mean, she won't get in a picnic like that very often, but um, when she does, that's what she can do. So, um, you know, they're, they're good group two sort of... I mean, I suppose they run in group one races, these horses these days, because we don't have any group one horses anymore in Australia. Um, but, you know, the, you know they're, they're up there with as good as they get, unfortunately. Okay, and we'll touch on race nine, which is Big Parade saluting in a benchmark 88, often even tempo. Mark Munham's uh, done a pretty decent job with this horse. It's won three times with a figure within one length. Uh, so we're talking 5.8, 5. Uh, so 6.2 and 6.7 figures on the punting form data above the benchmark, and it's won all three times. So I think, Mark Roden, your comment was for this horse, if it can produce what it's capable of, it basically just wins, and that's pretty much exactly what happened. It did. I thought it might win a bit easier than that. I was quite impressed with Lillamore's run because um, she'd been in great form this prep uh, at 1,100. And I just thought with uh, the big horse sitting outside her after 1,200, um, she might um, be found out late. And she was, but she was only found out very late. It was only the last 20 or so metres he got the upper hand. Um, but the thing that um, pushed me into backing Big Parade was Rob's report because, to be honest, he, you know, he has been a bit of a costly horse, but um, Rob said he was very relaxed in the yard on Saturday. And when, when he does get in that comfort zone, um, uh, get his own way to some extent or, you know, get the conditions to suit he's, um, he's a pretty good horse, especially in this, this kind of class. So I was happy, happy to play there. Um, yeah, so thanks, Rob. <laughs> Rob, do you what, uh, what you thought? Uh, so so I, I had it between three and one. Um, Southern Lad, you know, looked well, but in, in my mind, he, he's a horse that appreciate, appreciates a soft track. And... At about the 250, when he was bumping into Big Parade, I was I was not happy, um, and I, I didn't think Big Parade was going to get there. I, actually, I, I thought Lily Moore was going to going to hang on. Um, Mo, Mo's Crown, um, you know, he's a horse that, that does get antsy in, in in the in the parade. So you know, with him at, taking up such a market percentage. I thought, you know, maybe maybe those two were worth worth, worth to go. Thermosphere's run very well here, but but it did seem short at twelve hundred at, at nine dollars or so. Um, but you know, it's it's come back well, and you know that, that's probably worth worth, worth following. Um, but yeah, I, I I'd be I'd be um I'd be very careful with any of these horses other than Thermosphere going forward. I think they're just fast enough. One or two horses to follow up in the meeting, boys. Rob. Uh, Okay, Mallory. Um, you know she she can't, but run well. And and the thing that ran second, um, which we're on a dollar one, got a bit home affairs. I think that can go well. Um, uh, that enough? Um, yeah, that's know. enough. Don't do so. Mark, what do you got? Uh, Emerald's in her right race, definitely. I think, considering she was the rank outside of that field, uh, she was very good. She's got the fastest like six hundred and four hundred meters of the day, Emeralds. Yep. And the horse we sort of touched on before, Shake, um, she was 1,100 to 1,400 there. Um, had her marked it, well, I think uh, before her second last start, the stable might have thought of her as an 1,100 to 1,200 horse only. But um, she's gone really well at 1,400. I wonder if they'd take it or a mile. 
a bit of a line chaser, so we will yep. see. But um, yeah, I'd like to see Emeralds in our right race. All right. Thank you very much to you both. Uh, the week ahead, what's it looking like? Uh, we've got Kenzo on Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, Kenzo, when, yeah, back to a lighter uh, schedule this week. Kenzo Wednesday, Gosford Thursday, then into the weekend. I think it's a bit heavier next week. There's Tuesday meetings and that sort of stuff, but just a, a standard Wednesday, Thursday and two on Saturday this week. All right, beautiful. Rob, uh, we'll see you out there on just Saturday this week. I might get to a couple on on Wednesday. Just, but I, I left my um, my new Surface Pro charger in my dodgy in in a spot that I need to pick up. So um, I might just run out and have a look at the maidens and and then then, then get back home. Plus, we're getting a bit of um, building work done here, so I took a bit of work out there. <laughs> yeah, that's it, then. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks very much. I uh, will speak to you. Uh, well, Mark, we'll see you later in the week. And uh, Rob, we'll catch up with you next week. But uh, go well for the week, boys. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. See you later. Part two on the deep dive. We're going to be talking around the grounds, WA lightly, Queensland a little bit heavier, and then obviously a deep dive into Caulfield and a bit of Flemington. But uh, let's, Shane let's, let's start. Let's start with Curls, who went at roughly forty percent pot for the week, an enormous week, and he bet yep. stack. So forty percent does mean a fair bit. Shane, congratulations on a huge week. Um, no doubt, you know, hard earned. A lot of hours, as you know, as we all know, goes into you know producing those little texts, which hopefully are full full of gold. But when we do have a fat result, that's important that we. We celebrate it. Now, did you let off a bit of steam over the weekend? One thing I tried to um, set myself for this year, Jack, is to not have too many swings, whether they be high or low, and just to be trying to stay in the centre. Fuck, I failed dismally on Saturday night. I had a swing, all right. Jeez. Ah, you know, is, is Mrs. Curly talking to you? Slept on the couch last night. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you sleep Saturday night? I woke up in my own bed. Um, the path to that point, I was cloudy. Um, but I woke up, Mrs. Curley woke me up. She goes, like, get out of bed, a few other descriptives. Um, you meant to be going to Gatton. I said, yeah, I'm going to Gatton. Woke up, rang the local bookmaker who was coming to pick me up. He said, I'm out the front. So I rolled into the shower, rolled out, and realised that I'd left both my laptops at the pub the night before. So I've snuck down to Fitzy's and bless the punning gods, both my laptops were behind the bar where I thought I'd left them. Then um, rolled into Gatton and uh, I bet like a champion too yesterday. I was so <laughs> I'm still won. I won and it like I ran second. That Abelady probably could have won, just got beat. Bet well. Um, so, yeah, no, it's been good. I was that crook at Gatton. So at Gatton, there's like a shed and you sit under it. It was like 100 degrees. And the sweat was just rolling off my face all day. Like, I was so shabby. Uh, I'd already done the work for the meeting anyway. So, like, I knew what I wanted to back. It was just a matter of having a look in the parade and making sure there was, you know, nothing wrong with the horses I wanted to bid into. So that was fine. Um And then the guys that I went with decided to stop at the Halliden pub. So Halliden's got a population of three just down the range and they sat there drinking sharpies all night i didn't get home from the races till nine o'clock like i just wanted to <laughs> right. i get to freshen up anyway i get to freshen up and um bet again 
uh, betting for the service Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, so also with this uh, like recreational activities, it's looking like sort of maybe mid May June for the next for the haircut. Yeah, so I'm not allowed to get a haircut until I get to 90 kilos. <laughs> I'm a long way off getting a haircut. <laughs> uh, I'm back to the gym tomorrow. Start tomorrow. <laughs> I've been saying this for a long time, but I think I'm going to get off the piss now and just um, try and get a bit fitter. <laughs> at, home. at least once a fortnight. He'll give you the, I'm getting off the piss, I'm getting off Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then I had a look at my itinerary, and I think I'm flying to Melbourne to stay at Pistols for a week. So that'll be good. <laughs> that'll be. If Heading you're down to Melbourne to. next week. Yeah, if you're allowed to. I, I have to isolate for the next 48 hours, courtesy of flying out of Perth last Monday. So I timed that just in time, didn't I? Bloody hell, could have been you'll stuck. Have to, you'll have to walk when we play golf then. I'm sort of hoping I did. I hope and I caught COVID Saturday night with any luck. <laughs> oh, bloody good. Uh, Charles, did you have a few extra clicks on uh, was it Boreas at Gatton? Because Boreas settled further back than probably expected and hit like 450 or so in run. Yeah, I did have a couple of clicks. Um, I sort of mapped it back along there anyway, and the, with a bit of tempo. And yeah, it was uh, he might be might have got away with one there. That second horse sort of ducked out, ran sideways at the 100. It probably arguably cost itself the race. Um, but look, I thought the racing at Gatton yesterday was a lot more exciting than what it was at the Sunshine Coast on Saturday because, you know, we had some wild jocks and some mad tempos and crush and bash. It was uh, it was good fun. We're on the track on Saturday. Well, we come out pretty strong winners for the day, um, mainly courtesy of Emerald on Emerald Kingdom. Um, getting oh, the God bless that. The time of day that lob too was lovely. Yeah, just hold, just like there was a bit of speed from out wide from that Ruffy and Emrod didn't, you know, his road is like the best horse, thankfully. So, and come away from the fence, which is um, which was also nice to see. And um, oh, and obviously, simply fly winning earlier in the day. I'm not sure whether you guys watched that, but um, there was some there was some big prices matched in run, like it was going to be the biggest moral beat you'd ever seen. Um, and Steph thought and found a way, so. Not a lot to report on the track. It was, I th think I said in the preview that it was a pretty ho-hum sort of low meeting and the punting form data. Um, it doesn't lie, does it? And they are some, like disgustingly slow times. You know, slow lead times, two apart from the last two races, which were the better class ones, I suppose, or in a way. The Sunny Coast Cup was the fast class race. And, you know, they've just managed to, to get under all benchmark for the meeting. Like two horses have ran below benchmark for the meeting. So, um, yeah, like I say, not a lot to sort of to come out of it. We'll have to dig a little bit deeper to try and find those disadvantaged horses. Good place to race a horse. Like, you know, there's 7,500k races. And you, like, there's horses yeah. that will race like probably a Donald today that will run faster. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, it's like a traditionally low time of the year. The carnival's sort of summer carnival's gone. The winter carnival's a little way away, so that we're a while off seeing some decent horses come back for the winter. So, but from a like, I don't really care to be honest. Like, I just want to bet. Um, it wouldn't matter whether that was um, camel racers would be betting into them. So, 
That's why we love you girls. Uh, speaking of camel races, uh, over in WA, there's the potential that there might not be any racing this week. Uh, we'll find out on Tuesday. But it was lovely to have uh, Bunbury cut off halfway through the meeting yesterday. Uh, I had a share in the second favourite in the listed race worth 100 grand. So, well, they stopped the meeting halfway through. Yeah. Just in case the people who were already there yeah. spread it by, by staying right there and not panicking. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. It sort of happened, what, at Sandown once last year when Zara had been on a plane, so they called that meeting off pretty late notice. And I think it might have happened once in Adelaide as well. So it's not um, – there is precedent for that. But, uh, yeah, nothing to report from WA other than that. Um, we're still best right now, or are you starting to get a bit shaky with that sort of well, reference? I, I can finally say that I'm living in the world's most livable. <laughs> it's only taken me 18 months. Um, but yeah, outside of the uh, the drift on excellent dream, that's probably the only thing I want to remember from Saturday's meeting at Ascot. So uh, bless Uncle Lindsay and bless uh, the drift. Um, but Dickens at Caulfield Saturday track raced pretty well. There was a heap of rain beforehand and still a pretty decent day's racing. I thought. Yeah, I don't think you wanted to be worse in midfield apart from the staying races. So if you're reviewing it that way, but. It, Credit to the track staff. The, the track race good versus the rain it had. Um, I, I was quite concerned with the amount of rain. I'm not far from Caulfield, a little way, but not that far. And people I know there, like it, it pissed down. So that amount of rain. And there was a little bit of drizzle around Saturday as well. Um, well done. That, that, that track's had its problems recently. And it looks like they've got it right. Yep. Hopefully, you know, getting through a meeting like that, which was the second meeting in, in the week, doesn't cause any problems, but it shouldn't. Um, I, I thought the meeting on Australia Day, just while we're, we're sort of deep diving, was as strong or stronger than the Saturday meeting. The figures back that up, and they're coming off a good track, which I prefer to this soft sort of track. So it was a Tuesday meeting, but it's it's basically a Saturday card, and treat it like that when you're sort of doing the form going forward. Um, well, I suppose that that photo in the last, which would have capped off one of the most frustrating days that we, we've had on track. Well, not on track. We've been on for three days, but we we won for the week, but we had a complete strip on Saturday. That's how like, good we were going. And I've gone back and reviewed the bets, and the only bet we didn't sort of have that we might have had was to fibrillate. Yeah. And, um, well, I don't know where I'd be mentally if I did. The, such is a North Korean um, strategy behind like racing media. People are going to blow up if you release a photo that looks like the, the favourite has an edge and then come out and say, oh, two people have seen the other side of the photo and it's a, it is a dead heat. I fully accept and trust that it was a dead heat. But control the narrative. Like you can literally try and control every other aspect of like narrative in, in the sport. Yeah. To, to its own detriment. But like, don't release that photo or release both. Yeah, I, I agree. If you have a look on racing.com at the moment, the only photo you get is a very low res image and you can't tell anything. It kind there's, of an, like... there's an article on racing.com saying that people, like two or three people, have seen the other, the other like higher resolution picture and it does look like a dead heat. Yeah. I'm sure it was a dead heat. But this, <laughs> the, the game is full of rotors. Yeah. 
and we're going to talk about one pretty soon. But that, that's just, this is not how you do rorting. Like when there's like literally just a pitcher, it's too hard to rort this way. There's yep. too many other easy ways to rort. Hundred percent trust trust that it's a dead heat. Just pre- present that better to the public. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, in terms of the race, like we're talking about race nine there at Caulfield, uh, Payne and Egan, like. I guess it's fair to say Paddy Payne sort of went through a little bit of a flat spot there over the last, what was it, like Spring Carnival, out of Spring Carnival in, over the summer? But uh, certainly... No, last not, not, no, that's not fair to say. A little rough spot. Yeah, flat His spot. horses stopped running. He's, he's, he's got over that, whatever was wrong, at his stable, and his horses are running real fast again and consistent, and the market loves them. The racing media will start talking about how good Billy Egan's going again. Yeah. The plate smasher. But... um. His horses are running big races, and he yeah. is back, and you can trust him. I think DeCock and Griffiths still flying. Ellison Zara, Airborne. Who else would you say is hot? But Pay, uh, I'd have those three top ahead. Graham Begg seems to be producing oh. consistently. How's this, curls? But, like, how hard it is. Well, not hard. It's part of the grey-up process. Graham Begg's horse was clearly on top in the first, and Aussie Nugget was clearly on top in the second from the yard. But then when you overlay that, you still you give him a few points, and then you put that into the price. Still like about the market. Two years ago, it would have just been a couple of units at both winners. This is predominantly yard, so it's just about finding that balance for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, eh? Um, hard to balance... Sometimes it's hard to balance. I mean, I've got my own sort of theories here on certain trainer jockey combos with money. And sometimes, you know, there's, there's occasions where price is irrelevant. Literally, some combos are taking any price. Yeah, which I, I don't think Paddy Payne and Bill Egan is that because he rides every horse virtually the same way, which is cold. Yeah, with cover and produces them extremely late, and they need to be very, very good. And the I tempo needs to suit for it to be able to win. We saw like, he's Billy he's Egan completely, completely slaughtered strategic Phil earlier in the day, jumped well, but his his style doesn't suit that horse. Yeah, this is a great rider. I'm not bagging the ride. I'm bagging the ride for that horse. I'm not bagging the rider. They've all got their own styles. Strategic Phil needed to sit in the one-one. It got us. It got home quite well in that race, but it was just too far back versus horses with a better turn of foot. But money, money like combos to what Curly was just speaking about is whatever race. That's that's the. You're thinking race six, aren't you? Race six, my Jones. my lord, my lord. Now, price that price. I'm pricing every race in Victoria, just about. Cross this race. Hidden Legend, a huge edge, going to be a huge bet regardless of parade, just about. Ginger Jones, the other edge in the race. Now, Petey, you correct me if I'm wrong, you come over the top if you want to add to it. Like before the race, before the yard, like I told, like we, we share the prices. I'm like, I can't believe we've got this Ginger Jones, his price. Like if this wins, I'm going to fucking spew. Because we back this horse. At Bendigo first up with Jay Carr on it, who's a little bit better than um, who wrote it? Will Price. At, at, this, at this stage of their lives, you know, I'd rather have Jay Carr on the horse, even with the extra three kilos. 
I'd have a rather wrong with probably six more. Um, and it was awful that day and was written with zero intent. I think we might have backed it or thought about backing it on a Ballarat synthetic track last preparation where it was awful again. Got knocked off by Hayes Horse. Smart Alyssum. Smart Alyssum. Like, complete fucking spell. This thing, <laughs> it was still a bet, but I, I, I didn't send it. I sent three units on Hidden Legend. Who That 200 hour, I thought, well done, good. We're home here. Winning day, huge week because we filled up on Friday. I let Ginger Jones go without me. It was still an over despite the late hemorrhage. And it was nines into about seven, 650p. 650, yeah, 660, I think, like, yeah. Oh, on the fair, it just it just collapsed. Now, who? How? It didn't, it didn't parade outstanding. It paraded okay, Peter? Yeah, I'd, I'd say above average. Like, I, I, I had interest in it, but, again, like, you're looking at the map and you're going, okay, so gate one, are they going to show intent here? Because the whole last prep, there was no money to support it and it was just settling back. It has previously been able to settle on speed, but uh, he certainly used a bit of intent there, Will Cross. Oh, I, I mapped it to be just about leaving, but that, I did the same thing at Bendigo first up last prep. And yeah. There was no, no questions asked them when it didn't lead there. But change of tactics is a bit like completely dead. I'm not going to start talking about that again. It doesn't exist. But this thing's improved nine and a half lengths on the performance it put up first up last prep. Yeah. Which is a big, well done, huge training effort. But for it to crunch nine dollars into seven six fifty late, I thought nine dollars was tight. Surprised we sort of found it, but we did. Who knew and how they knew? And it was someone decent because they've moved the market dramatically late. Trained on track, is it? Yeah, on track. So it was the second horse. So um. I did see you mention the the horse last night on the tweet. I went and had a look, and um, it can run a it, gee, it can run a peak figure on its own track. That horse. Mm. Um, I know it's going back a fair way, but you go back to the end of its prep, a couple of preps back, and which is like it, it produced the eight point two there curls, and that's like that's like the figure that justifies it being a decent horse. Correct, and then its next preparation, like you say, it's. Um, so first up, first up, the the previous previous prep, ten point four slow below the average. Then at two point four improved eight lengths. Then an eight point two. And if you look at that, it ran second, sixth. It was like twelves in a tens and one when yep. it produced the big figure at home. Then last preparation, first up. No, first up at sale, um, 1.5 slow. Then it went to Bendigo, where it went 2.8 below. So first up, last prep, it went five months below the all average to the 600. On Saturday, it went 0.4 above first up. Last preparation, first up, overall performance, 1.5 slow, 5.2 slow, 4 slow, 2.1 fast, 0.6 slow, 2.7 above fast. So it was... The 26th, it was Boxing Day 2019 when it last ran a figure above three. When that coincides with the complete and utter hemorrhaging late embedding. Absolutely. You only just, have to... I, all I, it's, it's like you always say, Curls, it's only a rod if you're not in on it. 
That's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, you, you have to only have to look at its SP profile and the fluctuations last prep. Like it was never there was never any interest in the horse ever. Anyway, yeah. well done. They got a shallot by the looks of it. <laughs> they did. Yeah. We got beaten. We ran second again. I think we backed Azar. Sack book. Yeah. What do we do with Azar and Tagaloa? Oh. My my gut feel is just to avoid any race that they're in moving forward because they're both extremely talented. Probably will win their fair share of races and probably some good races. But they both got a lot of head noirs by the look of them and very hard to predict. And their SP profile is just not going to be anything worth getting involved in. What do we do with this race? Because Portland Sky, the winner, produced a figure that was less than Enthar, who won the two-year-old race. And 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 Anthar went five point two six lengths slower to the six hundred than these horses. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, sort of looking at it after the fact, isn't it? I mean, I'm, and, it was, and it was just there's a race just after each other. So on Saturday, sometimes with the sectional times and the benchmarks, when you have like a a real wet track and then it dries yeah. out through the day, which this would have done, there can be a little bit of variance. This is straight after each other. Hmm. It's a real chinky sort of form. Like, I, I don't like it. I'm just going to avoid them, though. I'm not yeah. I mean, I don't... either, because I think ASAR will just come out and, and blow my away, probably, but I don't want to be on, and I don't want to be against. And surely there was... um, Like, it wasn't the worst effort, Tagalow, was it? It was a great effort, but... Yeah. But what... Right, when you look, and they've only gone 1.2, slow for the class, it was off the bit on the corner. Just using yeah. stuff. I mean, I'm not sure our connections would be uh, wrapped with a ride just sitting. What do you mean you're not sure, um, Peter? You were looking through the borners at Natalie giving Mark Zara a big time bait. Yes, it looked like it. There was a few uh, hand movements and gesticulations uh, aimed at uh, aimed at the jock, but I don't know. My lip reading's not that good from 60 meters away. Um, I don't reckon the stable's much good. Going much good anyway. Yeah, but. A little bit like the Snowdens, they that they, they seem to come good in about a month and yep. win a big race. Yeah. Well, yeah, just enough to keep it, just enough, yeah, just enough spruik to keep it ticking over, I suppose. It's just racing. It's just like sport. It's just form. So, well, we backed the Prushka horse on Tuesday. Was it curls? Wednesday, maybe Geelong. Yeah. It was three fifty into two fifty. Like we bet at eleven a.m. too. It's like a lot of market support for the horse. Blessed in run, didn't let down. Twelve months ago, that Pushka horse would have won comfortably. Yeah, I mean, but but that we're getting into the big races. Like yeah. I'm not saying Pushka never do be backed again, but I think you want to see a sign that his horses are starting to run better, stronger, and then he'll go on his run, and the rest of them will drop off. It's just what happens. I mean, as we were talking about with pain earlier, it's like it's impossible to know if a stable gets a virus it goes through or something like that, which can just affect a lot of the results and. You know, the market might take a while to catch up with it. But uh, we did mention Enthar just then. Um, this recorded a new PB. I just want to get your thoughts on what you thought of the type, Dico. I wasn't blown away by the type. You? Uh, I was expecting something a little bit more, just given on, you know, we were talking with Mark Shan, Rob Scarry and Mark Roden about this horse 
late last year and the fact that it was like physically more dominant as a type, uh, it certainly looks like it hasn't grown that much more and a few of these others have almost caught up to it. But you can't really argue with the figure it's produced. Yeah, I think, like, type aside, uh, what what she did, she needs to lose some size and get a virus for these horses to be able to compete with her. Yeah. She's fucking dominant. Like, the figures are enormous, and she wasn't even really asked for much. Yeah. And then we'll just have Rob and Mark on the, for the Sydney stuff. It doesn't sound like there's anything too special there. Yeah. It looks like the blue diamond's hers. I wonder what price she is. She should be, like, $2.50. And at the moment, the golden slipper's just about there as well. I'm tr- I've tried to find sort of problems, maybe like the soft track stuff, but she got through that. She sort of just ticked another box. Her racing pattern and style is just a big box ticking beast. Yeah. The, uh, the the gear change didn't raise any eyebrows. No. The crossover nose band and the tongue tie going on, I just thought it's just, it, I thought it was a interesting gear change. You know, whether it had a breath, did it have a breathing issue or anything, but. Certainly didn't look like there was any issue there Saturday. It's just yeah. like an enormous figure. Mm. Right through the line. Yeah. But their, their races come home so much faster than every other race. And there's a lot of other faster early tempos to, on, on the day. I suppose the best thing to come out of that is that you know you're not going to be betting against her and she's going to be too short to back her. So just one less race you've got to do four more. Fantastic. Exactly. Results. Yeah. A little bit like the ASAR Tagaloa set up for me. Yeah. $2.10 for the Blue Diamond at the moment. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's exactly what. Yeah. Well, that's two fifty for us. It's two ten for them. That's about right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, race seven, Yulong captain just did what Yulong. Oh, okay. I, I think it traded dollar six off the top of my head, maybe dollar eight. Wow. Well, we backed we backed Asar who got beaten by Portland Sky despite sitting outside of it the whole race, like hard to cop. Then we got beaten by Ginger Jones, which we've just gone on about, which the, the pain was severe. Because of other issues, which shouldn't get into outside your head. They don't during the day, they do a little bit, but not too much. Then this King Yulon captain, and then that Nichols horse, Brazen Song or whatever. Yeah. Oh, a few of them are just. Solid, solid sovereign is just jumped out of the ground. Yeah. That thing was. <laughs> he called it once. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I think Yulon captain's going good. I don't think you're going to get a great price. I'm glad we didn't waste too many units on it, but I'm happy I backed it to an extent. It was there to win. It maybe went a bit early for the sort of brain power of the horse. It doesn't look like a huge trier, but it's got ability. Yeah, I thought he produced it at the right time. Like they were going slow, and he's basically just taking the trail at the right time. Give I it. think that's that's a great way to. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm nitpicking there. Yeah. In run, which is all what I always say, is I think you need to judge a rider, your, your instincts straight away. Yeah. I was very happy that he was put into the race when he was. Yeah. And it was travelling well on the turn. Like, he hadn't touched it at all. So, hence, it traded really short. I mean, like, if I'm reviewing the race, I go, you're on captain suited. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no excuses there. Anyway, that will leave. Um, same, same with the ace rod too. I'm not bagging, yeah. not bagging D lane. I thought the roll was perfect. Everyone thought the horse would run past it. I wish Mick D was a little bit more aggressive on Hidden Legend. Put yeah. it sort of into the race a little bit sooner. Made a bit more of a fight. But I think he thought he had it covered too, which is pretty fair. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a decent day's racing without anything outstanding. Uh, but great week, right? It was a great week racing down here. Yeah. The, the, what was it called on Friday? The, the Rapid Racing. That's what I wanted to touch on. Um, I actually great. really enjoy it. I, I love it. If I, if I was running it, I would cancel the um, the motivational speeches from the coaches because I also think, <laughs> well, they're, they're so cringy and all, they're very, like, I imagine they're really hard to, to deliver. They'd be even harder to sit through and look like these greats of a Victorian sport in the eye and not sort of lose it. But they are also sort of saying things that are illegal in racing about helping each other and, you know, riding on the, in the team and stuff like that. But outside that, all the day was great. You're able to really build like a pat, like a pattern as a punter for the straight races where you want to be in run. Um, obviously, we won the heat, so we're going to have a bit of a biased view, I guess. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it last year. I actually prefer – if I had to pick between everyone having the same silks or the coaches' sprays, I'd rather the same silks because I just love that chaos. You're a sick man. Except for that, um, except for that one that that bet that you sent, um, Mo dear, Mo, yeah, oh. the Willow ride that TB called it winning when it was never winning. No, I, I'm going to get hammered for backing TB again. But we all thought that one, didn't we, Pete? Oh, I, 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 that was the one I didn't think it won. I thought something else had won on the same day, and it didn't. So, yeah, what, what can you do? Oh, I thought it won. So, the only regret really from Friday was I think we underbet Platini and underbet Arigato. Yeah. But, but Arigato, and you know what this is like, Curls. I'm, I'm deciding on the send, and we backed another horse that was like half its price when I'm sending it. So, I'm like one unit and a half unit. Mm. But they jumped about the same price. Yeah. Arigato just collapsed. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's hard to. It is hard. You just don't know what to do. It gets yeah, like it's particularly when their prices are um, like you know, all of us are in the same sort of boat where we like to bet late. We want to have a look at them. You know, there's certain horses you want to see go to the go to the barriers. You want to see what sort of warm up they're being given or whether they're going on a party. All those little things. Yes. Yep. And some great girls there. And then you and then you walk to the to the betting ring and it's you walk back to your laptop and it's it's gone six fifty into four ninety. Like sometimes it makes it harder. If you miss a price by fifty cents or a dollar, it's particularly when the horses are around the nine to nine fifty, like they haven't touched ten and they're just around and above five. They can flip they can quickly both go to seven real quick. Yeah, we we sort of like pop it over Ginger Jones just trying to build a position. And watch them parade, decide on the bet. So you go back to your, your computer and your money you're trying to get matched is just so far above where it's, the action's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Paragato a bit the same, but we were managed to get a bit more down there, which is good. I thought rapid racing was great, though. I think it's a good idea. 
And the timing was, was I think, it was all right. We were able to go and have a beer after. Yeah. It wasn't too right. late. Like, it, yeah. the night racing, once it, once, it, once you finish at Mooney Valley, it's home time. It's bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tipping it. All right. Uh, it's a pretty decent week ahead. You've got uh, sand down on the hillside Wednesday. Uh, on track. On track. We're both going. How good. Yeah. Mooney Valley Friday night. Caulfield. The first group one of the year, uh, the CF4. So it's uh, it's a pretty decent week. Yeah, we, we've we've had um, today off. Where are they racing? To? Oh, Donald. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad today off. We'll we'll be betting on track on Wednesday. We'll have bets like a few bets through the day on Thursday at Kilmore and Packenham, no doubt, most likely. Likely bet at a couple at Warrnambool. We'll be on track at the Valley and we'll be betting Yarra Valley, but we'll be on track at Caulfield on Saturday. Uh, unlikely to bet Ballarat first up for a while. Don't trust that track on Sunday or Ararat. So probably have Sunday off again. Beauty. Uh, thanks for joining, guys. Uh, we'll catch up later in the week, do a bit of a preview and uh, go head first into the weekend. So uh, go well, fellas. Gracias.